What does it mean to be completely healthy? Welcome to the podcast where you'll find encouraging stories to help us focus on all layers of our health, the mental, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual. I'm Monica Patton, and these are the parts of us. Today, we are joined by Daphne Simpson with Little River Counseling to ring in the new year. We talk about resolutions, comparing ourselves to others, and setting attainable goals. Daphne opened her local practice in March of 2020, so she tells us the ups and downs of starting a business during the pandemic and the need COVID brought to the counseling world. Anyone can benefit from counseling and self-care, so Daphne shares ways that she decompresses and the practices that she uses to continually work on herself as a counselor and client. January, I don't care who you are, I think brings pressure. Yes. Stress, anxiety, not enoughness. Absolutely. Comparison. Yes. Because if so-and-so is making goals, I need to be making goals as well. Exactly. I didn't do this thing last year. I've got to make it happen Mm -hmm. this year. And i got to make it happen quick. In January. In January. (laughs) Just coming off the holidays, that is... Not stressful at all. Mm, no. <laughs> Sarcasm. Okay. How can we look at it realistically? Because I think it is a good time for reflection, for some self-awareness. I think goals are good. I think we need goals. But doable, small steps. 100%. What do you think? Tell like just... I want to hear your feelings on this. I think the biggest thing um, is to give yourself some grace. So I really feel like people set themselves up by saying, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by February. And then they don't say how they're going to do it. Or they say, I'm going to run six days a week. And we don't know how far they're going to run. Or I'm going to eat healthy. And we haven't defined what healthy is. Or I'm going to do this crash diet and eat 600 calories a day. And um, it's just unrealistic. And then even if you set maybe more realistic goals, If somehow you um, fall off the wagon, oh, it's over. I'm a failure. I'm done. And so then you feel bad because you haven't met these goals and you're not a new year, new me. You're the same me. And then you feel really negative about yourself like you can't ever do it. And that's not true because I think if you set attainable goals, specific goals, measurable goals, um, and give yourself some grace and reassess those goals. Is this working for me? Is this not working for me? then we might make more progress. And behavior behavior change is hard. That is one of the hardest things. So expecting to make this big behavior change and stick with it and never have trouble, struggles with it, it's not going to happen. So. so that's where grace comes in. Mm-hmm. Resilience, picking yourself back up. How many goals, I mean, this is something that I've kind of thought of for myself. Like how many goals should we try to put on ourselves wow. at one time? Well, you know, honestly, I would say one or two. I mean, tops. And again, I would make them really small goals. Um, Yeah, I'm going back to the weight loss thing because so many people can relate to that. But, you know, I'm going to walk three days a week for 15 minutes, which sounds doable. I mean, that that sounds doable. I can probably do that. And then when I do 15 minutes, three days a week, maybe I can step it up to 20. And then I'm going to feel okay. And then let's say we miss one day because we had, instead of going, oh, my God, the world's ended Go ahead and get back on it and say, okay, I'm going to keep trying to hit three. And when we can build on that success, 
then then we're going to be able to add another one or we're going to feel like I can accomplish this and actually reach that goal. So, And we're always striving to meet goals, right? Right. Right. I mean, we, we've all got things we want to achieve. Right. So making them where you're capable of doing it, where you have a realistic idea of it, that's that's going to make it more likely to happen. And, you know, something that I have thought about just personally, instead of just thinking always, it's, it's, it's easy to have that running list of what I haven't done, what I need to do. Also, just recognizing, acknowledging those things that I have done in the past, mm-hmm. I've made happen in the past. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that can kind of yeah. boost just that feeling? Absolutely. I can do it. I can do I can hard do things. I can do hard things. So like um, measuring it against a hard thing. If I made it through this, if I did this, then I probably can accomplish this as well. So um, I know there was a hard time in my life one time. And I would always be like, if I could survive that, then I can definitely accomplish this thing. You know, that, yeah. that was my benchmark for a long time. So using that as well. So we need a benchmark. I don't think that's a bad idea. Should we write it down or just kind of have like a mantra? Just go in. I like writing things down because it makes it more real for me um, to have it written somewhere instead of just in my head. But I'm not saying doing it just in your head is wrong necessarily. But whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah. But reassess. So if it's not working, maybe I need to write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The mantra in my head is not working. And I also think too, just verbalizing it to someone else yes having someone that you're accountable to Mm -hmm. is a huge piece of behavior change i think okay so that's some good tips of Mm -hmm. for the new year i I feel like because we need those goals we we always have room to grow growth is good growth is is necessary but don't set yourself up to become a whole new person because you're not going to and if you bomb in january that doesn't mean you can't restart in march or you can't do it in june or you can't do it in july i mean i don't I mean, I get it, but I don't, I don't, you know, January is a new year, but really it's just another day. So, I mean, yeah. So maybe that's, that's how we need to look at it. It's another day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, like, look, I need to reassess in October too. Like it's not, yeah. I mean, just. And that's where that time piece comes in play as well. I think. Okay. So there's the encouragement and grace for a new year. So mm-hmm. I think I need to hear that and probably some other people. I hope so. Yeah, I definitely need to hear it. I mean, you know, um, I think I'm not going to say I've got it all together and I can reach all my goals all the time. Nobody. But, um, you know, I definitely have some small things that I've tried to achieve in years past and I've done okay with or maybe I've fallen off. That's the other piece of this is I think we look at it kind of as a wellness pie chart. I'm kind of getting off subject here. And it's not. It's more of a seesaw. So I think there's times when we're more capable of really giving everything to behavior change. And then there's times that maybe we don't have as much emotional, physical, or spiritual energy to put into that goal. That is a huge, huge key piece. Can you talk just a little bit more about that? Because I feel like that's something that we don't always, that's where some self-awareness and like, like you said, in the seat, like what season am I in? What can I actually give? How do we do that? Well, I mean, I do think there's a little bit of self-awareness that has to be happening. And again, grace. But um, I remember, yeah, I was talking to you a little bit before we got started about starting my business. And um, I want to say it was, um, I don't know, 2020, obviously. And I was I was gaining weight. And I was I was devastated that I was gaining weight. But then I thought about it. And I was like, 
you've got this going and this going and this going and this going. And is this really the time to be focusing on this? Or can you put this on the back burner and get back to it in the future? And I made a conscious decision that that was not what I was focusing on right now. And that at another time in life, I would. And I am. So I think that's kind of how it goes. Wow, that's good. That is good. It's like you kind of knew you needed to do that. I mean, you've only got so much to give, you know. I mean, we talk about that all the time. You've only got so much in the cup to pour out, you know, so much in the pitcher to pour out. If you don't have it to pour to other people, to yourself, whatever, you can't give it. So, you know, that's that's picking relevant things. That's making smart ideas. I love it. That's that's good. Okay, so you sort of referenced to 2020 and opening your business. I would love to hear, and I think others would too, your background and where you came from and how did you get into the position at Little River Counseling that you're in right now? Um, okay. So do you want a little bit about like how I went towards counseling? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so actually when I was 16, my mom took me to counseling because I was having some hard time with peers and all your typical teenage angst. This is back in the eighties, you know, when like, I mean, we didn't do this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. And so stigma was real, and um, I met Karen. And Karen believed in me and thought I was wonderful and smart and cute and funny. And just having someone that had that unconditional positive regard that absolutely believed I could succeed in anything um, just made a huge impact on my life. And then as I started getting towards college and all that and what do I want to do, um, it was either special education or counseling. And, and I wanted to give back, obviously, in some way. That was just kind of my personality, I guess. And um, I ended up going towards counseling, and I love it. I love it. I love what I do. So, Karen. Mm-hmm. That name has, you know, <laughs> you know, people talk about being a Karen and all this kind of stuff. She was a good Karen. Oh, Karen was amazing. Karen and honestly, was amazing. still is. We're still in touch. Really? Yeah. So, you know, you can't be friends with a client for, I want to say, two years. Back then, probably it was less, you know. And we weren't friends, but she kind of ended up being a mentor role in my 20s. And then we reconnected on Facebook years later. And this is kind of, I don't know if this is, I don't know. Anyway, Karen had cancer. And then I had the opportunity to give back to her as oh, far as being supportive wow. to her. So it was really cool. How beautiful. It was a circle moment. Absolutely. And kudos to your mother. Right. For, I mean, like you said, back in the 80s, no. I mean, nobody, if you were doing it, you definitely it didn't secret. talk about it. It was a secret. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't even know there were counselors back then. I yeah. mean, like, it didn't happen. So why do you think your mom was so open to it? Um, I think my mom um, came from a place of emotional hurt as well. And so I think that she saw that it could be benefit. And she loved me. I think she was willing to do anything to try and help me feel better. And so if counseling is an option, then we're going to try that. Mm-hmm. You think the stigma's better? Yes. Than it used to be? I do. Um, I know that it's still there. And I, I mean, I will get tickled um, with like, I talk about Gen X, Gen, you know, millennial, all that kind of stuff. But, like, now what I see is Gen X parents, the kids are like, hey, I want to go to counseling. And Gen X parents are like, are you sure? <laughs> are you yeah. sure you want that to happen? Because we're still holding that, you know, but they're kind of more willing to say, hey, I've got a problem, and I think a counselor might help. With and that. talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I saw this joke. It was like, my generation. And they're like, she goes to therapy. <laughs> And then it said, my kid's generation, guess what my therapist told me? And <laughs> yeah. I was like, God, that's so on point, man. Um, so, yeah. Totally. Oh, posting on social media. Yes. And I've actually heard people say, my age, 
middle age, oh, these kids, everybody thinks they need a therapist. And I go, they do. Mm-hmm. I really believe that, Daphne. Do you? Yeah, I think anybody can benefit from counseling. Um, I think that's the other piece is we think we have to have these big, bad problems or these huge traumas in our life. And that's not necessarily true. We could just be working through, I have a boss that kind of gets on my nerves at work or, you know, even just wanting to set goals for yourself to become the best you can be. I mean, it doesn't have to be something huge in order to benefit from counseling. Counseling is the only relationship you will ever have where you walk in and say, how are you? And they say, I'm fine. Or they say, I'm falling apart. And they don't turn around and say, how are you? Yeah, you're right. It's 100% on the client. And when people say, I'm fine, that's that's like so basic, like red flag. That's just how we greet one another in the United States. How are you? Fine. You take it to the next step. Because if you actually looked and went, oh, my God, I had a fight with my husband and I'm falling apart and my dog pooped in the car. I mean, you just that would be the yeah. end of it. It's like, well, I don't want to know all that. No, just I'm fine. OK, so I'm sorry I got off. I got off topic. We, we sort of rabbit trail, but that was some good stuff. OK, back to your story. So you went to school. Mm-hmm. How did you make it to Fort Payne? Um, oh, wow. Um, I married a guy in Fife. Um, so again, I don't know if I want to go into this or not. We met on the internet way before swipe left or swipe right. So we met back in the you got mail days. And, um, it was weird because I just assumed that he was in California or somewhere. And then one day he was like, I live an hour and 15 minutes away from (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so we started out being friends and eventually turned into more and he lived over here and I moved over here and that's how it happened. I've been here. 20 years. So you were, you've always been into kind of like breaking the, the, the barriers, the social norms. I mean, it's like, you know, you're going to counseling as a teenager. Where back then it's like, if you were doing it, once again, it's secretive. And like the dating online is very normal at this point. Yeah. But back then my mom would say, you know, he's going to take you in the woods and kill you tonight. <laughs> like that was everybody's for story. For five years. <laughs> for five years. You know, we're married. It's tonight the night he's going to take you in the woods and kill you. I don't, I don't think so, mom. I think we're good. Yeah, but. because nobody's married someone that we all know, and it didn't work out that then either, right? right. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. And we met other couples that had met online, and we'd all be like, oh, my God, y'all too? You know, and it's like, how did you tell people? <laughs> <laughs> and then my niece, my niece is 22, and I said something about us meeting that way, and she's like, I can't believe you met in a chat room. <laughs> we did. That's our story. Hey, we got to be open, right? Yep. So... Tell me about opening up in 2020, your business. Okay. So we obviously didn't know what was coming (laughs) um, when I decided to open the business. And so I decided that I would just dip my toe in and see what the market was like. Because I was really, I didn't know if Fort Payne could really support a full-time therapist over here. Because there had been a lot of therapists that had come in and tried to do it on their own and had not succeeded for one reason or another. And so I just wasn't sure. I didn't feel super confident about it. And then, um, so I started out seeing clients in the evenings after my other full-time job. So I would drive back to Fort Payne and I would see three clients. So I was working until 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night. And um, then like, I don't know, a month into it, COVID was the thing. And my full-time job is like, you're not, <clears throat> you're not, what was it, essential personnel? Was that the word we were using? Yes. Yeah. And sent me home. 
And I'm like, what about my people? And so eventually they pulled us back. But Wait, you know, hold up. Yeah. Yeah. You were not an essential person as a therapist. For three days. <laughs> For three days. <laughs> Somebody was wrong about that, right? <laughs> okay, good. And right. they brought us back. But we were doing phone sessions. Did y'all have to do that? Yes. yes. Okay. It was yep. ho- oh, it was horrible. Um, and so I had to make a decision how I was going to do it. I offered telehealth. And I also did see some people in my office with both of us in masks as far as we possibly mm-hmm. could be from one another. Um, and slowly built up my caseload. I mean, honestly, people were calling pretty quickly and um, was able to go full time in September 2021 and um, have been doing it since then. So. So that had to have been a really hard time to be like, whoa, I'm sticking my neck out here, trying this dream that I'm not sure is going to work out. And I think everyone listening has been there at some point, whatever it is. Sure. And 2020, when if you didn't have the anxiety, you know, ways, you know, struggling with coping with stress, then. Yeah. Man, that just magnified. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you're seeing ships go to New York to try and take care of people. We're washing our groceries. Right. I mean, like the anxiety was unbelievable. Um, And so um, I think a lot of people at that point in time started to reach out wanting therapy. And, you know, some places weren't seeing clients at all or all they were offering is telehealth, which I totally respect. Um, and that normalized. I don't know if you know that or not. I think you do. But like over a weekend, counselors went from seeing everybody in person to everybody telehealth. I mean, like it was crazy. Um, and thank God for telehealth. I mean, it's absolutely 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, 100 percent. Um, so I'm really grateful that was there and is still there because that is a tool we have now that I we didn't have before. It really forced everybody to get creative and look at our alternatives. And like you said, there's still some people that, that need that option. And speaking of that, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on in-person versus virtual. What's the difference? I hate to say what's best because I don't think there is the best. I think there are clients that do really, really well on telehealth. And I think that there are clients that do better in person. And I will be very frank here. I'm a better therapist in person than I am telehealth. And that's because when you're in the room with me, I am focused 100% on you. I can feel your nervous system better. I can see what your body is doing, not just your face. Um, Interventions are more widely available um, and then, um, then... in person, I just, I don't know, it's just a warmer feel for me. But I have telehealth-only clients, and disclosing a little bit about myself, my counselor's telehealth. So she's in Birmingham. I'm not driving to Birmingham bi-weekly, so I see her telehealth, and it works fine. So I would love to see her in person, but it's just not doable. Right. So once again, there's that option. Yes. And I think that's what people need to hear is, you know, maybe it's one, maybe it's doing both, maybe it's one or the other, whatever, whatever works. But if you want one, you can find either or. And yeah. some people that will do both for you. And it opened up it opened up your options to other counselors. So, you know, you could find someone that niched down to perimental health. You know, I mean, like that's what they do. And that's what I'm looking for. And so you could really reach out and find some people that were specialist in this area or that area. So, I mean, it did open up a whole other world. And I mean, I like I said, and, and it has been great. Like if um, I've had some... 
you know, clients that have moved or whatever. <clears throat> and I've been able to keep them as clients because I didn't want to change because we just we just switched over to telehealth. Yeah, because counseling is really like it's a relationship. Absolutely. It is a relationship. And once you have that bond, man, you don't want to start over. People don't want to tell their stories again. Yeah. That's the big thing. They don't want to tell the beginning of the story again. But I will say that, yes, once you have that relationship, it's wonderful. It's important. You know, stick with your counselor, whatever. But sometimes it's time to try another counselor. You know, um, sometimes it's to, you know, see what they have to to offer because we all have different skills and abilities and specialties. And, um, you know, so sometimes it's okay to say, I think it's time for me to graduate or I think it's time for me to find somebody different. And your counselor might encourage you to do that. And that doesn't mean they don't like you or they're trying to get rid of you. They just know you might grow with somebody else a little bit more at that point. So have you had to do that? Have you had to graduate someone? Well, I mean, graduate to me means... They've met their goals. Mm -hmm. But there have been times when I feel like, okay, I have given this client everything I know to give them. And I think there might be somebody else who might be a better fit at this point in time or specializes more in just this problem that might be able to give them more. And Mm -hmm. I will obviously give them that because I am committed to you getting better. I'm 100% committed to you getting better. And if that means you seeing another client counselor, then that's what I want you to do. I want my counselor to be like that. I want my doctors to be like mm-hmm. that. To think, I mean, it's it's about your your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I can't do it, or if, if I've kind of done to whatever level, you know, like just pass them on. Yeah. Have you ever had a medical professional say, I don't know? Um, not really. So if you were seeing a medical <laughs> professional and they yeah. said, gosh, I don't know, let me look into that or let me yeah. talk to a colleague or I think you might need to see that person. I'm 100 percent in. Yeah, because I know that you're being genuine and authentic. Yes. Yeah. And that matters so much. Yeah. If you pretend you know it all, you don't. I mean, it, it's time to start. It's, over. It's, it's time to start over. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of think, you know, in. Uh, whether you're a therapist or, you know, doctor, whatever, I think in their defense, they know people come to you like they I think people want to know one person knows all the answers. Yes. I think there is that something that was like this one thing, this one person is going to fix all my things. Right. And that's just not realistic, not realistic once again. Mm-mm. But I mean, I, I think we do put certain professions and I'm not knocking anybody. I mean, I think even counselors, we think, oh, well, mm-hmm. they've, they've got it together, you know, I mean, right. And you might have some of it together, but probably not all of it, you know. And so I just think we need to be realistic about everybody. We do the same thing with pastors, religious persons. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, any we, we put them on this pedestal and think they've got it and they're just humans. They put their pants on one at a time, just like we do. One leg. I knew what you meant. <laughs> I didn't even catch it until you corrected it. You're so right. Man, you're so right. But you know who I trust? You're, I, I totally agree. Who I trust the most are the pastors, the counselors, the doctors who say, you know what? I don't know. Let me think about that. Or I think I might know somebody that might know that answer. Mm-hmm. I trust that. That's, that's, that's being real. That's being human. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do think... I don't know. I mean, because at the same time, we we expect people to be on a different a different playing field. I mean, I did have one time. I don't remember what I was teaching. I think I was teaching like cognitive behavioral, you know, something as far as um, thinking errors. And I said, I teach this all day and I still struggle with it at times. You know, obviously we all do. And she went, wait, 
You you mean you don't know all of these? I won't want to know them, but it's hard to live into all of them. And she 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 fired me. I mean, she was done with me because I didn't <laughs> I didn't have it all down. But I mean, I'm not perfect, you know. So it was pretty it was pretty funny. And no one is. Mm-mm. So there's knowing, and then there's practicing. Yes. And I know I struggle with that. I would say all of us. I mean, what whatever, just personally, professionally, you can know something, but there's knowing and doing. Yes. And that's where there's like, you know, it's that that's little. A, that's a good segue into sand tray if you want to go. Okay. That, I was, that's, exactly <laughs> where I, that's exactly where I was going. Okay. Please talk to. Okay. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard people talk about your Sanchez therapy and the experiences that they are having with that. I need you to explain that. What what is that? I mean, you know, some people are going to hear Sanchez therapy. What 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 is that? So the first thing I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm going to tell you if you really want to see it from the expert and I'm I'm giving a plug here. Go to YouTube and look up Adult Santray by Amy Flattery. And she knocks it out. And she says it really well, really concisely. And um, so I would recommend that. Um, Santray is using miniatures or objects that represent things in our lives. And so we put them in. I, I literally have a coffee table looking thing that you take the top of it and it has sand in it. And then I have objects, you know, abstract things, Disney characters, all kinds of different stuff. And I'll say, build a world um, in the soundtrack. That would be the directive of my build your world. And so you would go and pick different objects and put it in the sand tray and then talk to me about what you created. You would take me on a tour of your world. And that's however you interpret it. Okay. It might be my world now, my world in the future, my world in the past. That's just however you interpret it. Your brain's going to take you where it needs to go. And so then when you put those objects in it, a couple of things happen. So when we're doing regular therapy, usually it's talk therapy, okay? And so that's using our left brain. That's where language lies. That's rational, reasonable, logical, that type of um, engineer brain, if you think about it kind of that way. Your right brain is creative, expressive, that type of a, an experience. And so when we're talking about things, you're not seeing them in words, you're seeing them in images, right? So if you tell me about yesterday in a story at home, you mention your dog. I'm imagining your dog, okay? I've never seen your dog, but I'm imagining your dog. And I can see a dog, not D-O-G. Are you with me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when I go and pick out a miniature, okay, one of these objects, and I put it in the tray, I see the image, you see the image, and we're processing in the right brain, and the right brain is where trauma is stored. So we're healing at a, dif- at a deeper level. Does that make sense? It does make sense. But this makes me think, you know, you're talking about the whole idea of talk therapy. So... Do you feel like you can only go so far with the talk therapy? I think talk therapy is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I use talk therapy, um, but I now at this point also pull in this, and it actually is a play therapy technique. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pulling in um, hand movement. I'm pulling in grounding in the sand. I'm pulling in images. And I just feel like that's a more um, congruent healing. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Okay. Okay, so when you hear play therapy, you think, oh, yeah, that's kids. That's for kids. And I think the general public has heard that for in relation to children. Yes. 
But what you're doing it or who you're doing it with is with adults. <laughs> and I'm trying to imagine the look on an adult's face that you're sitting next to and you say, are you open to sand tray therapy? So if I said to you, I think I can get you better faster if we do sand tray. Are you willing to give it a shot? Oh, I would be. Yeah. Most of my, I've, I would be. I've had pretty much 99% say I'll give it a shot. And then pretty much, I would say there's a couple around there that are like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but those are also my clients that come in with a journal and a pen and are like, okay, let's let's talk about this. And I love them. I love them. But they process probably more left brain. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I've got clients that get into it and love it, have aha moments. And they're like, I would have never expected that in a million years. And honestly, that's how I got into it was um, someone said, you need to go to this training. Um, and I thought that's for kids. I don't really like working with kids as much as I like working with teenagers and adults. And um, she's like, no, you can do it with adults. Go. And so I went and it's a weekend training. And you obviously are playing client counselor, client counselor the whole weekend. And it was so deep. It was just really on another level. And I mean, I had my own moments. And I really feel like that weekend is what led me to saying, I'm going to build my own practice. Because I kept getting to the end of my tray and there'd be this little bud, this little flower. And I'd be like, what's next? Something's next. I don't know what's next. Something's next. Something's next. And I really feel like that was my own Peace, and I think that sold me on it. I mean, just because I had such a great experience and continue to have great experiences in the sand. So, I think that's so important. Poor, important. Just what's what I'm looking for. Um, just point out. That's what I'm trying to say. You have referred that you have your own counselor. Yes, you have done your own work. Yes, you are doing your own work. Always, all counselors need to be in counseling. That's where I was leading to. Yes. Because why? Why? Well, I mean, you need to be working on yourself and you need to recognize because sometimes clients will say something and you feel it in your chest or you can really relate. That is when you need to be working on that because that has brought up something in your world and and it needs to be 100 percent about the client, not about you. Being sure your own triggers are not being placed and you're being reactive to their. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, you know, I just. If I'm, if I'm going to tell other people I think you can work on anything in counseling, then I need to be doing that as well or else, you know, that's weird. <laughs> it really is. So. But I think it goes back to that idea of if I'm a counselor, if I'm a professional, if I'm the doctor like we talked about earlier, then I don't need those things. I know those things. I know those things. Okay. All right. So, I mean – Maybe I know those things, but do I? Okay, so my counselor comes from a different perspective than I do. She's really into internal family systems. I don't know if you know, but think about the movie Inside Out, that we have all these different little parts in us. She's really more from that perspective. She's also from a social work perspective, and I'm not. And so she brings something to the table that I don't necessarily use all the time in my clinic, which honestly, I would recommend that if you're a counselor and listening, find someone who's in a different educational area than you were. And, um, you know, so it brings things up in my head or in my life that I need to be working on. I've got that support and that unconditional positive regard from someone else who is completely behind me, believes in me, thinks I can do it. And it's, it's awesome. 
So, yes, everybody needs a counselor. I think so, too. And so I kind of pulled three things you just said, if I can remember. <laughs> the unconditional support mm-hmm. and positive regard. Um, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. We we all have our, I mean, we have our own perspective. Mm-hmm. We need others speaking into our lives. Whether it's through a counselor, friends, you know, maybe spiritual a spiritual guide. Spiritual guide, yeah. yeah, whatever. There needs to be someone knowing what's going on in your life, mm-hmm. whether you are paying that person or not. What's good about going to a counselor is, to me, is like, there's some, you know, there's that exchange of, we are here just for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to ask about your life. No. Yeah. And the third thing is, I don't remember, remember what it was, but I think it was good. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> you, I you said it. You said it, it was good, but just pers- perspective, support, and um, I don't know. There was something else you said that was really good, but no clue. the point being is it's helpful. Yes. I mean, absolutely. I see clients change. Um, and to be, I tell people I'll never make a million dollars, but I have million dollar moments. And oh. I mean, we all have that's in this field. We've seen something amazing and we've been this teeny tiny part of the story. They've done the work, but we've been a teeny tiny part of the story. And you cannot, I, you just, you can't get paid enough for that as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there, you know, there, there is no monetary value to that, to be a small part of somebody's story where you've seen some healing happen. So back to the sand trade, is this, um, is that your, your main, I guess, I know you do the cognitive behavioral type therapy in sand trade. Are those sort of your main two? Um, probably, you know, used to, it was really bad. I'm blanking on the word again. Um, to say you were eclectic. That was a really bad word. If, if you were being interviewed, you never said, I have an eclectic approach. But if you think about it, any therapist that has experience, and I've got my master's in 1995, so I've been doing this a long time, okay? We have an eclectic approach because we have been to trainings and all sort of different things, and we've heard all sort of different topics and, and presenters and so you do pull from a lot of different areas. And so maybe don't say it in an interview, but that's probably <laughs> that's probably what you're going to do. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's a good segue into when you someone assume someone's listening here that has never been in counseling. Maybe they are in counseling and, you know, like you said, it's maybe coming to the end of the road with that person. What's some recommendations, some tips that I'm looking for somebody, I'm going to try it. What would you tell that person and how can they, what's one thing they can do to just help that process? Um, So I think that the relationship is everything. So I would want to get a good feel for who is this person and are they going to be a good fit for me? Um, Because counselors are like trying on shoes, and sometimes it's a good fit, and sometimes it's not. And that doesn't mean all counseling is bad. It just means that wasn't the fit for you. So I think that going to their website, reading what they have written down, does that speak to you? Does that not speak to you? Talking to friends, talking to spiritual guide. Have you heard of anybody? Do you know about them? You can give a a counselor a call. Some will offer 15-minute consultations. Now, with me, I'm everything from the receptionist to the biller to the housekeeper. So you get me the very first time on the phone. (laughs) So, you know, I don't mind talking to you for a few minutes and and just kind of letting you know who I am and what I stand for and what I believe in as far as therapy is concerned. Um, And then if you come in to that first session and you're like, 
Mm, yeah, that that wasn't it. Okay, that wasn't it. You know, I mean, let's see if we can find somebody different. Don't stop there, though, Mm-mm. right? So, like, it's it's almost like the first date or a first, you know, a first interview. And maybe you need a second one. I will tell people to give, especially teenagers that are really hesitant. I'm like, you know how they can be sometimes. Or adults. Adults as well. Adults. I'll say, can you give me, can you give me three sessions? Because the first session isn't really fair. Because that's the, I'm asking all the questions and getting the background and your medical background and educational history and, you know, all that stuff that I have to have. That's not really a therapy session. Give me two or three sessions. And if you're still not sold on it, okay, that's cool. You know, um, you might want to try somebody different or you might want to just say counseling's not for me. I'm going to talk to my friends instead, which is not the same thing. Why? Um, because your friends, if I am your friend and you come in and you go, oh, my God, you would not believe what my husband did today. And I'm like, oh God. well, David, last night, that is not therapy. Your therapist might talk some about themselves, but they're not going to come to you with their problems too. Now, women are funny. We can go to sushi and all talk about our problems and not solve anything and leave and magically feel better. Okay. But that's not really necessarily making a lot of progress towards behavior change. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. So friends have our, our friends have their role. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yes. I'm fine. Or maybe let me tell you the story about my husband. Yeah. But if I'm really wanting some kind of change or some kind of resolve or to get deeper. That would be counseling. That would be counseling. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Final question. Yeah. What are some practices that you can answer either or both? You personally find helpful for you. Okay. And maybe I would like to hear just considering what you do. A couple of healthy practices that it just seems to serve people well. Okay. Um, so let's start with the second one and then okay. remind me to go back to the first one. Okay. Um, I'm not letting you off the hook yet. No, I got to hear your healthy practices. No, that's fine. <laughs> so, I mean, like healthy practices, again, emotional, physical, and spiritual is what we're looking at. And so, again, it's, it's not necessarily a pie chart. We might be looking at more of a seesaw here. Um, and so what are you gaining? What, what are we doing in those areas? Okay. And so... And, and where do I want to focus my areas? So, you know, honestly, all counselors start with journaling. I really believe in journaling as well, but not a diary. You don't have to write every single day, um, but write when you feel like it. Um, and there's all kinds of different journaling. There's visual journals. There's poetry. There's people that pull lyrics from stuff and write that down and how it makes them feel or what they're thinking. And then there's just free association journaling. Um, so I do think that's a healthy practice. Get outside. Please get outside. And look, I'm speaking to myself here, too, because I'm a 72-degree girl. Like, it needs to be 72 for me to be outside. <laughs> that is kind of perfect, isn't it? 72. That's, that's the temperature. But getting outside is important. And, you know, engaging whatever spiritual practices speak to you. Um, and that can be so many different things. Um, it can be meditation. It can be prayer. It could be yoga. It could be going to church, synagogue, whatever it is. Um, that I think is important as well. So, and go to counseling. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you? Okay. What's, what's so your thing? I do go to counseling. So I think that's a thing. Um, I also thought I thought about this because you did give me a little hint on this one. Um, I think I have really good boundaries. Um, so I think I'm able to say no, I'm not going to do that, or yeah, I would love to do that, or not today, but maybe maybe ask me again in a week or whatever. Um, so I think boundaries kind of keep me healthy. Um, sleep is super important. So trying to get that sleep in and um, 
not falling into, I'm going to stay up till midnight because I didn't have enough time today to do what I want to do. So I'm just going to scroll my phone. Um, I have a lot of hobbies. I like to knit and crochet and read. Right now I'm into painting peg dolls, which is really weird. Peg um, dolls? Yeah. And I, they're miniatures, like the little wooden dolls. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So I started painting those because I wanted more diversity in my miniature collection and they're just fun. And now other sand tray therapists want them. And so I wish they like would. Like what you're painting? Yeah. And I really wish they wouldn't be so greedy because I don't <laughs> want to make so many. But right now I'm making a bunch of those. Um, I get regular massages. Um, so at one point in time, when I was doing all this stuff in 2020 and all this, I had decided, I was like, I have an autoimmune disorder. Something is wrong. Because, I mean, I was hurting. And um, my um, health provider was like, just go get a massage, Daphne. And I'm like whatever you're not taking this seriously no girl I got a massage and it was like the world was lighter and brighter so I try and do that um and when it is 72 degrees my hammock is my that is my place and I decided last year and then it was it, there was this crushing moment this fall where I thought oh, I'm not gonna be able to get in the hammock for <laughs> <laughs> so what am I gonna use instead um, and I engage in spiritual practices. Um, I'm active and I have a group of girls that I meet with weekly women and we kind of hold each other accountable and talk about um, ways we want to grow. I know that they'll pray for me. I'll pray for them, that sort of thing. Um, and me and my husband try and travel. I like to get out and get away from all of that. Um, and I am trying to move my body a little bit more currently. So I think that's important. And I think now in my seesaw type of life, I have more time for that. And so I'm trying to, um, that is a big piece for me is I need to be moving my body more. So that is what I'm trying to do. So those would be mine. Okay. So that is a, just a good summary of all the things and shows me and probably others. It takes a lot of things to stay your best self, and to stay healthy. But I like all those things. Yeah. I mean, there was like, what, yeah. one on there that was challenging? I mean, like, sleep and moving. Right. So there's my two, right, that you I'm know trying you have to work on. Yeah, right. There's my two. The rest of them I enjoy. They're they're fun. Now, counseling isn't always fun, you know, but it's definitely important. So, yeah. It is. And the spiritual piece, that I really enjoy. That is That is a great thing in my life right now, so... But when we're healthy, we can enjoy all these things, too. Yes. So it just all works together. I think so. This is so enlightening for me. Good. I've written down a few little things that I'm going to think about, maybe ask you about later. And I think this is going to be really helpful for others. I really hope so. Thanks for asking me to come. Thanks, Daphne. All right. Thank you for listening to Parts of Us Podcast. You can visit our website at partsofuspodcast.net or check us out on Instagram. We would love to hear from you, whether it be suggestions for the podcast, testimonials, sponsorship opportunities, or general feedback. Email us at monica at partsofuspodcast.com or reach out to us on our social media. This podcast represents the views and opinions of Monica Patton and her guests. Its content is presented for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be taken as medical, psychological, or legal advice. Please contact a professional for specific questions. This content does not represent any place of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information shared is accurate, comments, suggestions, or correction of errors are welcome.